Welcome to the Drew and Crew podcast. Yes, that's my name. Uh, I want to give a shout out. Shout out to Austin Deeks. Uh, he's the one who came up with the name, so I can't take uh, credit for it. But it's the Drew and Crew podcast, and it's going to be the best podcast ever, obviously. No, but I wanted to have someone on. Well, I wanted to have, obviously, uh, two of my closest people that I talk to. So, obviously, I would have my brother, Matt Giovanco, on. So, say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. <laughs> and then one of my best friends, uh, Tyler Triple. He also plays dodgeball, so it's very appropriate as well. So, say hi, Tyler. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> and it's weird calling you Tyler. I usually call you Trip. Yeah, don't like that. Yeah. But first, <laughs> just to get into it, though, um, uh, I just wanted to see how you guys were doing. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is kind of just to catch up on everybody. Um, since me and Emily are doing this traveling now, um, just to see how you guys are doing. So, we'll, we'll start with uh, – with Matt, how's your knee, and uh, how's living in Florida? Um, start with the knee. Knee's good. I'm about 100% now. Um, got the got the uh, the good to go from the doctor, so I'm 100%. Uh, still feels a little weird, still numb, but besides that, I'm good. I played a game of basketball on Monday, and uh, I'm not jumping as high, but I was I was cutting, and it and it felt pretty good. So no brace or anything. So I'm just excited to be back, to be honest. So yeah, um, that's on the knee. Yeah, so that's on the knee. Uh, living in Florida is the dream. I know people like to hate on Florida and with Florida man and all that stuff, but um, it's beautiful down here, uh, except around four o'clock. Thunderstorms every every day at four o'clock. But besides that, it's beautiful. Beaches everywhere. Um, wife obviously down here too. Spend time with her, and I uh, love my job too. So everything's going good. Cool, cool. And then, uh, Trip, you uh, you lived with me, <laughs> best roommate ever, uh, down in Florida too. So you can attest to. Uh, well, well, first uh, you lived life. with me. First you lived with me in my true, and then, <laughs> true, true. And then we reunited in Florida in Sarasota, which I miss dearly sometimes. But um, yeah, Lancaster's good. I mean, lately it's been a little hectic. I don't know if the two of you have heard, but. Um, there was just someone shot like right down the street from me recently by a police officer. So like, cause there's been kind of crazy lately. Um, but I love it around here. I'll probably end up back in Florida one day, but I think I, I think maybe I just went down a little bit too early. I still got so many friends up here and, uh, so many people I know and, uh, and, and things to do around here that I, I don't think I was quite ready to be in Florida for good, but I think one day, um, I'll probably be back down there. Yeah, uh, I think the year we lived down in uh, Florida together, I mean, that was a fun year. It kind of sucked because um, our schedules were a little bit off, but uh, it was still very memorable, and uh, it was a good time. So I hope to see you eventually back down there sometime because that's where uh, me and Emily are probably going to end up settling after hopefully nine years of doing our crazy travels. But uh, Yeah, that's a, good way to, but, that's a good way to put it. It's It's a good settle-down spot. I don't think I was quite ready to – settle down yet and live in Florida for good but eventually one day I'll be back down there and I, I was just down uh two two weeks ago uh, and unfortunately Matt was traveling so I didn't get to see him while I was down there but my parents do still live in uh they fully moved down to Fort Myers now so uh me and my girlfriend Leslie were um visiting for the week 
Uh, went down and played a bunch of golf, and it was like record high temperatures down there. That was like 90 the whole time we're down here. Now I'm back up here. Tomorrow morning I'm golfing again, and I think at tea time it's supposed to be 44 degrees out. So wow. it seems wow. like summer's over. So you went from uh, melting to freezing, so yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's going to be a rough round in the morning. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, you, uh, so, Trev, you should tell your honest opinion on me and Matt and how good we are, uh, our golfing abilities. Oof. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you got potential. I mean, no, no one's, no one's going to go out in there first five drew what that was your second time. And Matt, that was like your fifth. I think you guys far exceeded expectations for someone that's only played that little. Um, but I, I don't think you're ready for the tour quite yet. Nah, I appreciate it. Though. Uh, you are definitely by far the best player, uh, I've played against so far. But uh, we actually have a – there's a kid that I played uh, uh, 18 holes with here in Montana, and he was he was pretty good too. So I was telling him about you. I was like, you guys should should go at it. And he's a travel guy too, so you never <laughs> know. You run into him eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a fun hobby to get started. I mean, this is the first year I've actually, like, tried to play a lot. Well, I mean, I guess really down in Florida uh, with you, like, like you said, we were on opposite schedule so often. I was looking for – things to do other than the beach. I started playing a lot down there when I moved home this year, especially with COVID and stuff. There's only so many things we can do. So I've been, I've been going out and playing two, three times a week. It's expensive as all, but I mean, it's at least something fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then also with this podcast too, the reason why I kind of wanted to do this as well is that I always wanted to, uh, a lot of people know I'm a huge uh, Joe Rogan fan. So he's got his podcast going and I kind of just wanted to do something where it was just stuff we're interested in, you know what I mean? And we got the big dodgeball podcast going with uh, Steve Damon. And um, uh, big shout out to him, too, because he's the one who kind of got me started to do this and kind of pushed me to do this because of how good he was doing. It was something I always wanted to do, too. And plus, I was the first one on his show. So he was like, it's only fitting that you do it. So he kind of pushed me to do it. And uh, I'm pretty thankful for that. I think it'll be a fun transitioning thing to do uh now with like especially with COVID going on but I am getting older so uh my dodgeball skills are getting worse so it'll be cool to pick up a new hobby so I think we'll 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 run with this we'll see how popular it gets it could just be us three listening to this or it could be you never know so um I'm just gonna push it and see how far it goes so uh again I appreciate you guys being on and uh I won't take up too too much of your time but we got a couple things we want to talk about but um, the first thing, though, is once COVID's over, uh, Matt, how do you feel about jumping back in the dodgeball? Are you retired? Are you going back into it? Um, I was going to do the Barry Sanders way and just kind of disappear. But um, I'm, I'm pretty much done. I, I love playing, love the sport. Uh, it was a good 10 years. But I, I truly feel God called me to, to new things. And I do – like I said, I love the sport. It was a big part of my life. Um, really got to know Triple through it. Um, obviously, me and you drew, grew closer through it. Um, but there's just stages in life. And I feel like, I mean, I've had two serious injuries. And I'm, I'm pretty much done competitively. But I, I'll still do at least one competitive tournament a year just because I'll always have that itch. And then it'll probably be I, I want to travel, too. On, on our bucket list item, we, we wanted to play in every state, and I think I'm going to still try and do that. 
uh, whether it's competitive or just kind of like a wreck, wreck tournament. But, but yeah, if it, yeah, right now it's just us three listening. So no, <laughs> the word might still not get out. So that's true. And then, uh, and then Trip, uh, you've been on some pretty awesome teams uh, throughout your career too, and you're always kind of like, at least the last time I talked to you, you're kind of on the fence of coming back. Are you are you done with competitive dodgeball? Do you wanna do you wanna come back uh, once COVID is done? Do you just kind of get the itch back, or uh, what's up with you? Uh, I don't know, man. I think I'm a. I think I'm probably a weird example of like the whole elite and UDC and all the competitive. Like for me, it's I've never like tried to get like. I don't know. I guess it's hard to put in the words. Is like I am a competitive person, but I've never viewed dodgeball as a place to get out like my competitive juices. I mean, it sounds stupid, but I really just like throwing things. Like it's <laughs> it's always been something that I've been really good at with not putting much work into it, which sounds so lazy because I grew up playing baseball. But I mean, from the time I was little, I was always like one of the best pitchers. And that was the only thing I liked about baseball. Like I really didn't care about winning all that much. I was a terrible hitter. I was, I was mediocre in the field. I played the outfield just cause I could hose people from home. And I started playing dodgeball at Spooky Nook or Lanco Fieldhouse before Spooky Nook was even open as kind of just a way to throw things at people. And then, I mean, me and Brendan Wolgamuth kind of just like happened upon you guys by mistake um, at a local tournament, one of, I think, a high school nearby. Um, and, I mean, I think we obviously stood out because most of the people we play with are terrible. And, um, I mean, we kind of got grouped up with you guys. But, I mean, at first, like, when I, I was introduced to Elite, I think my first ever Elite tournament was actually um, the national championship in New Orleans because, Drew, I believe you were hurt for that. Oh, no, Matt yeah. wasn't there. You had a wedding, I think, right? I did. Yeah, I had a wedding. Yeah, it was something like that. And then someone else got hurt. And I was just kind of like a last minute replacement. And it was my first time ever playing 8.5. And I actually think I did pretty well. Um, and then I kind of joined up with you guys that next year for good. Um, and at first, it was exciting, like how competitive things were. And I was actually getting to play against people who were better than me for like the first time ever, <laughs> which I mean, that probably sounds a little cocky, but when you're playing at a spooky nook rec league, I mean, it's pretty easy to dominate if you can throw mildly hard. So, I mean, that part was fun, but the more years I played and like the more I saw like how serious people took it, it was like such a big turnoff to me. And I think that's probably a big portion of why I was no longer playing with team awesome. If we want to put it that way, like, because I mean, more so I enjoyed the traveling. I enjoyed hanging out with you guys and like becoming like best friends with like so many of the guys on the team, but like, I just never like took it that serious. And like, even just, I think two weeks ago, I saw another argument pop up on Facebook about whether dodgeball players consider themselves pro athletes and I mean, I know people want to get into the minutia of what that really means, but I mean, I, it, it sends a shiver down my spine every time I hear someone call themselves a pro athlete. <laughs> like to me, I, it's, it's a silly rec game that I like to play. So I've kind of been turned off by um, the competitive dodgeball, if that's what you want to call it or pro dodgeball or whatever people say, I'll probably still go around at Spooky Nook and play foam every once in a while, but I'm probably done when it comes to like big tournaments and things like that, except for maybe a one-off here and there. Yeah. A couple of things to 
kind of unwrap from what you were saying too is um first off for people that don't know uh trip too well um that are gonna probably the majority of the people that are gonna listen to this podcast off the get-go is gonna be dodgeball players obviously that's why i kind of want to get into this first but um uh a lot of people know uh myself and matt's story just with team awesome but um we met trip through again what he was saying it was like some random tournament but it was up your way though right trip it was up in like yeah Saturday. and well and to be honest i actually wasn't even at that tournament um, yeah i think found brendan first and then brendan said well there's a guy that plays exactly like me that is pretty hittable but can throw pretty hard so we should get him out to a tournament and then we i came out to like an allentown tournament and we played there and I mean, we were hosing people, and then we kind of went from there. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that first tournament, I think, was at Hempfield um, High School that you guys met Brendan, and then shortly after, I joined up. Yeah, and it was like – and that's the one thing I loved about dodgeball, especially, like, in the earlier days. It was kind of cool to find, like, these small pockets of, like, really competitive players, and they're not too far from home. But it was just because it was still such an like, untouched sport that um, – we were just finding like all these people like uh, Lehigh Valley. We're like, Oh wow. Like that's an hour away. People in Jersey were like, Oh, that's like an hour, hour and a half away. And then there's these huge dodgeball, not huge, but like little pockets of dodgeball uh, players who are now, most of them are in elite now, which is pretty cool. Just the, to find these guys and to bring them all in. Uh, I think that was a really exciting part with dodgeball. I kind of really liked the earlier days and just, it was cool to see how our Flint, how we went from, okay, we found Brendan. Um, now he's on our team. He's one of our main guys. And then we get tripped. Now he's one of our main guys on the team. It was cool. And then how these friendships have blossomed just through the sport too. Like that's something I never want to give up really um, with giving up the sport eventually when we retire, like that's, that's going to be the part that sucks the most where it's like, we're not finding those people anymore. We're not networking anymore because we're kind of doing different things, but I guess you still will with like the different outlets that you do. Like for instance, Matt wants to travel more. Um, myself and Emily are traveling um, with the, with the travel nursing stuff. But um, that I think I'm going to miss the most and the party aspect too, where <laughs> the competitive part was great, but like going out with like, I always talk about it. We always would go out like, a hundred people deep into a bar, like after a national tournament and just have fun, talk to everybody like that. I feel like was the best part of elite. And, um, um, it's just bittersweet. And just to hear you guys kind of being like, ah, like we think we're done. Like and how team awesome is pretty much done too. So like, it's sad to hear, but, um, it's understandable though, too, at the same time. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I'll say is like, you guys can probably answer this much better than me, but the, dis the, the disappointment that I've had, at least in the last couple of years, it does seem like there are like, as much as we can all sit here and say that that's our best, like our favorite part was the finding friends. And like, I mean, even someone like Chris Linsky, who lives nowhere near me, who's one of my best friends now. I mean, he just came, he drove up, he drove three and a half hours last weekend to come up and spend the weekend here with me. Um, and, like, I, I consider him one of my best friends now, too. Um, but I, I think the thing that kind of sucked in my eyes is, like, that kind of three, four years ago when I started, that did kind of seem like the main thing was, was that there were so many close teams of close friends and people. I mean, I guess when me and Brennan joined, we did take spots from other people. Um, but, I mean, it, it, I kind of justified that as, like, 
I mean, me and Brennan got really close with the two of you and Chris, like, really quickly. Um, so it kind of made sense that we were together. I do think it's kind of a shame in the last couple of years how many people seem to be, like, ruining friendships and, like, closeness of teams to, like, try and get better teams. And, like, just the – I mean, I don't want to over-exaggerate and say, like, backstabbing and stuff like that. But, I mean, I do feel like I've seen so many, like, close friends and friendships dissolve over people trying to, like – make a slightly better team so they can win a couple extra tournaments and stuff. And like, just all that has kind of just turned me off from everything. Like, cause I, and again, maybe it's just me not being competitive enough when it comes to dodgeball, but I just didn't care about winning that much to like deal with that kind of stuff. And that's why like last year when I played with impact, I mean, we dealt with that all year, like just people wanting to kick other people off the team and us having like five different group chats between the team. It was just like, what, what are we doing here, guys? Like I just, I joined that team cause like I loved Ryan and Sean and Jeff and got to know uh, Matt and Kyle better. But I mean, I, I joined that team cause I love those guys. And then like all year it was just like, well, we lost one tournament. Who are we going to kick off and replace him with? It was just like, really like, and I mean, there's countless other teams not to put anybody on blast, but I mean, how many times have we seen that happen in the last couple of years? Has it always been like that? Or has that been like a new development in dodgeball in the last couple of years? Do you guys think? I think it's getting worse now just because of how competitive the teams are now. Like everybody wants an edge. They're like, Oh, this is the one guy that can fix our team. Or this is the one guy or girl that can fix our team. So I think it's happening a lot more now, especially because of how competitive each team is now. But it's, I feel like it's happened all through, um, like, the dodgeball, I guess, the career of this sport, I guess, because um, it's happened right when, when myself and Matt uh, uh, started, too. There was a couple teams on the West Coast that were kind of doing it, too. I just think politics in the sport, it's necessary. It's obviously necessary, especially if you want to be such a competitive team. But it's it also sucks though too, because it's like there's there's that's one of the things I never really wanted to get into. I was kind of on your side with the trip, but also on uh, Matt's side too as a captain. So it's like it's really tough where it's like you don't want to screw over your friends, but then at the same time, if you want to be like a super competitive team, like you want to like I guess make the uh, make all the pieces fit, I guess. So, I guess Mac would elaborate on that a little bit too. Yeah, I think I think this is like a perfect podcast to start with because um, Trip and I going at the sport or our, our view of the sport is completely different. And I think it's fine both ways because Trip was in it for certain reasons and, and I was obviously in it for certain reasons too. And I think that was just kind of the captain mentality as well. I wanted to win. You know what I mean? I, it's just the mentality I have when I play sports. Um, and I agree. I mean, I agree with trip and, but I also disagree with certain things as well where I agree with them, where it is, it seems like more and more now that teams are really just trying to get the edge and going, going more and more to, to try and win. And we see it a lot more on the East coast. Now, I think, I think on the West coast, it was a lot more and they were, they were definitely ahead of their time uh, before us. But, um, and I think, and I fell short of this too. I, I have faults and I could have handled certain situations better too. Cause I had to kick people off the team and I'm not going to say names cause I don't think that's appropriate, but you can start with one. His name is me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I didn't want to, I mean, I didn't want to put anybody on blast or anything like that. I'm not going to drop name drop anybody unless, unless there's permission. So, so yeah, me and Trina had, we had to, we had to talk and we had an uncomfortable conversation and I, 
and I can admit that would trip. I mean, even with people prior, you can always handle the situation better. And I had my faults and I probably didn't handle that situation the best. But one thing I did appreciate about Trip was he, he handled it in a mature way and he was just, he was really good with it. And uh, yeah. And, well, and honestly, I mean, I got kicked off impact too. Like, I mean, and both times, I mean, like when you talk to me, I, I think right away, like when you called, I was like, well, I know why Matt's calling me. Like, and cause yeah. I was probably, I mean, if we're going to be honest, I mean, I was probably not going to play with you guys another year anyway, but I mean, the, it, it didn't phase me at all. And I think like we ended our conversation laughing and being like, all right, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, bro. Like it, yeah. but I think the shame of that is I don't think nearly as many people would handle that situation. Like I did not to like pat myself on the back, but I think that just goes back to, I mean, you were right that I, I, I just don't care that much. <laughs> like, and I do think that there are so many people that care just, a ridiculous amount that like may have not been friends with you after that. And yeah. like that to me, that's like what bums me out to see it. Just like so many teams, like, again, and there's so many examples of teams. And I mean, if anyone does listen to this, that's not in the dodgeball world, doesn't really change anything by listing teams anyway. But I mean, how many times have we seen a team of like best friends of people that like grew up together that now don't speak to each other and completely quit playing dodgeball forever and like resent it and resent the people that play because they got kicked off a team because maybe they have more of an attitude like me and just thought, yeah. Hey, this is super awesome. <laughs> like we got a nice hotel. We're in a fun city. We're with all my best friends. And you're, you're like, you're telling me I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> like, and especially yeah. like when you're dealing with a game that a lot of people look at, as kind of like a kid's game. Like if we're honest, like people on the outside kind of how many times have someone snickered at you when you told them you play dodgeball, like it's kind of viewed as a gym class game. And it also seems like kind of childish, like when your best friends are being like, we don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> like it's, it's just a, it's a weird kind of balance. And, like, yeah, that's why, like, I did consider after you guys, like, I kind of just wanted to join up on a team of drunks and, like, go and start. <laughs> I considered making my own team just guys that suck that just want to have fun and throw things at people because that, that's all I ever really wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking uh, one, okay. one more year of OG, uh, OG Team Awesome, one more year, just the old heads and just <laughs> just have fun with it, though. And we would have to bring back the team name Mutiny, though. <laughs> yeah yeah i still got that jersey it's a it's a belly shirt now but i still got it hell yeah yeah i think uh i was gonna jump in real quick um i think two parts need to happen i think i think captains of teams need to be able to be clear with the team uh when you do make the jump from from um uh just wreck to competitive uh, i think i think there needs to be a transparency where like if, if you're the captain or if majority of the team's like, hey, we want to start taking this more serious, then you're just transparent and saying, hey, if we're not, if we're not gelling or forming, there, there could be cuts. And then if you just go in as, with the mindset as a team, as a whole, hey, we're just here to have fun. Then if there's cuts, there, then there's an issue. You know what I mean, Trip? Because then yeah. the expectation is, is different. So, and I think, I think that's a problem so I'm trying to find solutions for teams in the future. And I think going forward, I think the captain just needs to really stand out and just be like, hey, if we're this is a team that's going to be serious, we're really going to try and push it. We're playing competitive now and we want to win. Or the captain goes, hey, we're just here to have fun. We love playing the sport. We love playing competitively. 
but we don't expect to really win, but we want to, we want to be here and have fun and, and stick with our close buddies. And I think they have their place. Um, but I think it needs to be clear and transparent. And I think that's, yeah, I just don't think that that'll ever happen though, because every single team is probably going to start out as the team that just wants to have fun. But what happens after you all play together for three or four years, you get pretty damn good. And the the minute you start getting better, all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, we just beat that team and they're pretty good, but we lost to the team. That's a little bit better. Why don't we get that extra guy? That's going to make us a little bit better. That just like, you see that cycle happening so many times with just like, Oh, these are like a new group. This is a new group. This is a fun squad that came in. And then all of a sudden they start getting a little bit better and they start meeting more people and they start realizing that like, okay, like people are kind of jumping around and changing teams and like, yeah, I don't I, like to me. I don't. I don't know if there is a solution for it. I don't think it'll ever turn into like a regional thing that like play, like teams from like certain areas or cities or states will kind of like be required to stick together or anything like that. That would be the only thing I would ever think would actually like make like teams force teams to like stick together and get better instead of just trying to like poach people from other teams but I mean it's all kind of a moot point like I would assume most people don't care like the good players don't care the good players want to stay on good teams and make better teams and that's just what's going to keep happening but I guess this was just a very long-winded way of saying like <laughs> that's not me like I, I just don't care that much so I mean am I done with competitive dodgeball I don't know if there's if there's a if there's an elite round that gets nearby and someone that wants a no sting player I'll probably show up and sling a couple balls around. Yeah, it's uh, like how you were kind of saying, though, Trip. It's it's almost like natural now for um, if you're going to get into a uh, competitive league um, where, how you were saying, a lot of teams when they first form, it's their buddies. And then, like, as they get more and more competitive, they're going to make those adjustments. And it's just almost like the natural way of dodgeball now, it seems. But, um, but yeah, it's cool to hear from your perspective, though, too, because – a lot of people listening to the podcast are like super competitive. They're, they're real into it. And then you kind of have like, okay, well, it's almost on the outside looking in perspective. Like I did it for solely just for fun, pretty much. Yes. You you're competitive too, obviously, but um, you were there more for the relationships and, and enjoying your time and stuff like that. You don't want to be getting uh, yelled at or kicked off teams and stuff like that for just a game that you wanted to have fun playing. You know what I mean? Yeah, when it comes to like, like it's not like I'm upset. I don't get upset when someone yells at me. It's more, it's more just the idea of is this really what you're yelling about? Like you care that much to like, like I yeah, just could exactly. never imagine myself yelling at someone at dodgeball. Like what are we yeah, doing? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You have a different perspective of it, and it's cool to hear though from you though too, because um, a lot of people have like different mindsets, so it's cool to hear that. It's like I'm drinking tequila out of a water bottle. Like, are we really going to yell at me about not making <laughs> throwing a solo throw? Come on, Bo. I'm glad you said that, though, because uh, with this podcast, too, what I want to do, too, I want it to be the most relaxed, like, just stupid podcast ever. So um, what I want to do, and I, I mean, I should have done it because this is my first one, but every time I start doing it going forward, uh, I'm definitely going to be drinking while I'm doing my podcast. <laughs> I'm shocked you're not. We can't see you, so uh, just expecting it. <laughs> I was gonna well, say, I got a bottle of Coors Light. Yeah. You can you can you can hear my beers clacking right here. I'm I'm rolling. Oh, there you go. I love it. That sounds like a Miller Light. Bud Light, my Bud friend. Anheuser all the way. I was close. <laughs> I was close. 
but uh trip you yeah, didn't enjoy it trip i'm gonna try what's that i was gonna say trip you didn't enjoy me and drew's blow-ups on the court <laughs> some when, when it was at each other sometimes it was kind of funny because it's just the same person yelling at a, a mirror of himself <laughs> <laughs> it's like that and, spider-man and, meme yeah <laughs> And and Drew's insults, like, Matt, Matt would get serious and then Drew's insults back would be like, well, you're a poopy pants or something, just to like completely make same, it sound Same foolish. thing every time. Yep. Yep. Should I say it? <laughs> Your podcast. Sure, well, I'm sure people know, so no, I won't say it. We'll, we'll keep it up. Uh... Well, I don't want this podcast to be PG either. I want it to be funny. Like how You got a little pee pee, Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd say it every time. Every yeah. it's it's just funny though, cause you get so mad. <laughs> I didn't get mad. I started laughing at the end. I was just like, yeah. it's the same, like it's the same diss every time. I know it's coming. I just can't. I just went with it though. But anyway, uh, let's get away from dodgeball a little bit though, just because um, again, with this podcast, I do want it to be a main focus on dodgeball, but it's mostly just things that I enjoy and um. The cool thing about having both of you guys on it is we enjoy a lot of the same things. So uh, one thing I wanted to get into is the fights coming up this week. And I do want to release this podcast before um, the fights start uh, tomorrow. So it's going to be tough to do. If for some reason I can't get it out, uh, this is just proof that we did it before because we're going to be making bets <laughs> and, and uh, predictions. So uh uh, I, I think we should get into this card because this card's stacked. So um, this is a fight night, right? And it's on ESPN Plus. Yeah, it's a free one. Yeah, so it's um, well the the ESPN Plus is the uh, you well, gotta pay that. that yeah, well, yeah. Welcome to twenty twenty. You pay yeah. you pay for the streaming, but it's it's free in quotations. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, I got the card up now. I wanna. Can you guys still hear me? Because I'm pulling up the card. Yep, I got it in front of me too. All right, cool, cool. I want to go through – so the prelims, there's some fights that stand out to me, but um, – Yeah, mean, there's a lot of skippable ones. Yeah, like I'm – I wouldn't say I'm a diehard, but I'm above average in loving MMA. And, Tripp, you were a diehard for a while, and then you kind of fell off a little bit. Are you back in – are you back into no, the hype? <laughs> no, I mean, anyone that's been following for a long time, like – I mean, I I can remember being, like, the weirdo in, like, 2006 loving this sport and people, like, never even have heard of it. So, like, I'll be a hipster in that sense and say I remember when. I remember watching freaking Tito and the Iceman and Rampage. And, like, I was obsessed through college and, like, even afterwards. But, I mean, the last couple of years, it's just gotten so stale. Like, I mean, for you to even, like, it's funny that you said this card is stacked because looking, like, I mean, I probably am very interested in, like, maybe three or four fights. But, I like, yeah. ten, year, 10 years ago, if you look at some of the cards, I mean, all 10 to 12 fights were just barn burners. And, I mean, that goes back. There used to be fights once every three weeks if we were lucky. And now there's definitely once a week and sometimes they sprinkle in like these Dana White series on wet Tuesdays and or they'll yep. throw in a Wednesday card like there's almost 60 I mean there's 60 cards a year it just like for anyone to act like they know all the fighters is nonsense when I mean literally as early as like 
six, eight years ago, I mean, I was at least familiar with like all 300 people, all 200, 300 people on the roster. And now there's just got like, there's a guy fighting this week named Journey Newsom. I mean, I know, that. I know him though. <laughs> oh, stop it. But then, no, but there's a, I'll, I'll tell you the ones that I don't know though. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Like Myra Bueno Silva. Like there's just people I, I mean, I've just never even, I'm not going to pretend I've even heard of. Yeah, her, I have no clue who that is. But we'll we'll run through, um, and let me reiterate, too, this card stacks for a ESPN Plus card. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and it, well, I mean, even just a card in 2020. Like, I mean, if this was yeah. a – I mean, it's at least a fringe. Like, the main event's not, like, a big championship or anything, but at least there's enough notable names on it that makes it worth watching. Exactly, exactly. But um, so the the ones that – you don't know the ones that you don't care for a trip. We'll try and run through real quick. We'll start at the bottom. Uh, Tyson Nam versus Jerome Rivera. I have no clue who Jerome Rivera is. Um, I think, I think Tyson Nam was supposed to fight on uh, Matt Schnell, but I guess he dropped off the card. Yeah. But um, I got Tyson Nam just because I have no clue about the other guy. <laughs> All right, you, well, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I got Nam as well. I think he's. Uh, just more well-known. I think he's been in the UFC longer. And he's got a pretty cool name, so I'm going with Nam. <laughs> and Trip? Yeah, I mean, Nam's one of the, Nam has – he's had three fights in the UFC. And, I mean, he lost to Sergio Pettis' first fight. He lost to someone I've never heard of his second. And he, I mean, won his last one, but he's been fighting since, like, 2006. So, I mean, who knows? Um, the one thing that I want to bring to the table whenever you have me on – is I'm a big-time gambler. So Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, Tyson Nam is the favorite. He's minus 178. Jerome Rivera is plus 150. So I guess they kind of like Rivera at least. I have no idea. I'm not betting on it. I, I got no pick. Okay, no bets on this one. I like it, though. You're sprinkling a little spice for, uh, for, this, uh, for these picks. Uh, we got Andrew Ewell. Uh, how do you say his last name? Ewell? Andre Ewell? Yeah. Ewell. Okay, and then Erwin Rivera, another guy I don't know. I don't know who Rivera is, and I've seen Andre Ewell fight a couple times, and I think he's actually – I think he's better than what uh, he's shown his last couple fights besides the Marlon Vera fight because he did fight Marlon Vera, and, um, and Cheeto Vera's a beast too. I'm, I'm high on him. Before the Sugar Sean fight, because I'm, I'm not one of those guys that jumps on a hype train, but uh, – I've liked – and Matt can attest to it, too. I've liked Cheeto Vera for a while now. So, But I got Andre Ewell because uh, I have no clue who this other dude is. Yeah, Matt. Um, sorry. Am I going second? Yep. Yeah, we'll just All do right. me, Matt, uh, Trip, because Trip's got the bet, so that makes mm-hmm. it the end. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I got I got Ewell, too. Um, I'm looking at his past fights. He beat Jonathan Martinez in his last fight, and that dude's actually all right. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Erwin Rivera's ten and five. That's just not too good of a record. So I'm going with. I know it's a lot of times if you're if you're on a hot streak, but yeah, I'm going with you. Well, ten ten and five is not great, but neither is sixteen and six, and that's what Ewell is. True. But yeah, I mean, it's another one. Yeah, kind of. I mean, Rivera hasn't fought anyone like at all. Like he he's had two UFC fights against. 
guys who I would pay either one of you to pr- like actually pronounce their last name. I, I have no <laughs> idea who they are. Um, Ewell is another. He's a pretty big favorite. He's minus 235. Rivera's plus 194. So you can get two to one on Rivera. But again, I know nothing about Rivera. He's never fought anyone. The only positive on Ewell, I mean, he has at least fought, like you said, Chito Rivera. And he also beat Henan Brow. Um, yeah. I mean, I a couple years ago, that would have been a good win. I mean, he, he beat Burrell in, at the end of 2018, so two years ago. That's when Burrell kind of sucked already. Um, so you can't really give him too much props on that. I guess I would take Ewell, but again, probably a fight I'm not betting on. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, the next one, Journey Newsom versus Randy Costa. I actually like both of these fighters, um, and I really like Costa. I think he's like uh, – He's like one of those guys. You, I mean, you obviously forget about, but uh, every time I've seen him fight, he always kinds of he only he always gets a finish. So um, at least for the two fights I've seen him fight, and then the Journey Newsom fight, I think Journey Newsom's actually a pretty small dude. If you look at his height, I don't have his height in front of me. I could he's be five wrong. Five. Yeah, he's five five. Right, he's a shorty. But um, this one's a tough one for me. I I'm gonna lean towards Journey Newsom just because the first. Time, well, the only time I've seen him fight, he starts to do pretty good. And then, uh, but Randy Costa, every time I've seen him fight, I was always like, yeah, I think he's going to lose and he ends up winning. So that one's tough. I'm going to go with Journey uh, Newsom and, and then Matt. I'm going with uh, Randy Costa. I just switched it. I was going to go with Newsom, but I'm going with Randy Costa. Okay. But I'm going with him. I actually am too. But. Journey, I mean, Journey's already in his 30s. He's only had 11 fights, and he's only been fighting for five years. Randy Costa is a training partner, uh, Joe Lazon. Um, yeah. And, I mean, he, he's 5-1. and one. I mean, he got subbed by Brandon Davis. But, I mean, I don't know. He's got a couple decent wins. He's, uh, he is the underdog, um, so there's a little value there. Uh, he's plus 120, and I'm sure that's kind of a – I'll pick him of a fight, so might as well take the, val- the value, and especially if he's training out of a good gym. So I guess I would go Costa, but, I mean, this is a battle of two guys that don't even have a Wikipedia page, so it does not <laughs> matter. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the next one is Derek Minner versus TJ Laramie, I think. This, Laramie. Fight, I, this fight I do not care about, so if I Ooh, had to pick I do. It, it would be Minner if I had to pick. Uh, Matt, how about you? You got to look at the odds, bro. I got TJ Laramie. I think he's the biggest favorite on the card. I could be wrong. Trip. Uh, yeah, Laramie is actually – I don't know if – yeah, Laramie's minus 320. Uh, Minner's plus 260. And I was actually going to say when, Drew, you said you don't care about, this is actually one I do care about because he was on Dana White's Contender Series, and they showed a lot of um, highlights from him. He's this Canadian kid that's a, a stud wrestler and – um, and the, the guy didn't come off the bench after the first round. I forget what happened to him, but Laramie's really good. And they were super excited about it going into the contender series. So I'm actually kind of excited to see what that kid can do because um, he, he's got a couple decision wins in his last couple fights, but um, he's had a couple TKOs before that. And um, I, just from what Dana said and everyone and watching the highlights of him, he seems like a savage and he's actually – um, already fought 15 times in the last five years, so he's active. He's got a couple first-round finishes. Um, I would take – and especially I have no idea who Minner is. And uh, 
being that big of a favorite. I'm not going to bet on it because there's no value in betting at a minus 320, but I think I'm actually excited to watch him fight against some better opponents. All right, well, you guys convinced me. Uh, I'm not picking Minner anymore. I'm picking Laramie. <laughs> <laughs> you can't switch. It's on, it's on the record. All right, well, then I'll pick Minner. I'm sticking by him. That's my guy. <laughs> Uh, Jessica Rose Clark versus Sarah Alpar. I think Jessica Rose, isn't that your girl trip? No, you're confused. Ashley Evans Smith. That's who I'm confusing her with. Yeah, yeah. I, I like my hyphenated girls, but Jessica gotcha. Rose Clark. <laughs> Jessica Rose Clark is uh, Jesse Jess. Um, okay. Yeah, she she's she got worked by uh, Jessica I, and but she beat Paige Van Zandt. That's probably what you would. I mean, she's fought some good opponents already. I mean, she's only been in the UFC for – well, she's been in for three years. She's only had four fights. But she's fought Sarah Kaufman, Paige Van Zandt, Beck Rawlings, Jessica I. Like, she's actually fought some good opponents. I have no idea who the hell Sarah Alpar is. Yeah, me neither. So, I'm going with Jessica Rose Clark. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I'm going with Jessica Rose Clark, too. And trip? Records are terrible, though. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Rose Clark's another big favorite. She's minus 240. Yeah. So that one I think is a pretty easy one. But you never know, especially nowadays. Uh, there's been a lot of upsets. And I think it's a lot to do with COVID and people are just jumping in the fights quick. But, um, but yeah, so uh, now we got Myra Bueno Silva versus Mara Romero Barella. I always <laughs> pick the, I always pick the Romero Barella girl when I do DraftKings, and she always loses. So I got the other girl. I got Silva. She's another big favorite. <laughs> How about yeah, you, I got, Matt? I got Silva, too. Yeah, I got Silva, too. I'm guessing she's Brazilian, and uh, yeah. Brazilian fighters are pretty good. So I'm going to go with uh, Moreno Silva. Yeah, that – I mean, Drew, you nailed it. That Romero Barella, I don't – I mean, she's lost four of her last five. But, I mean, to be fair to her, they have been pretty good opponents. She lost to Chukagan. She lost to Lauren Murphy, who's actually not that good. Um, and she lost to Courtney Casey. So, she's lost four or five. Um, you got to imagine that Bueno Silva will probably win that. But, again, she's another big favorite. So, so far, I mean, how many fights are we through already? Um, like six fights. There's nothing yep. to bet on through that. I mean, it seems like there's some pretty heavy favorites, and it kind of seems like a pretty safe bet on the favorites. We're kind of picking all chalk right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so the next one, we got Mursad Bektik versus Eduardo Garagori. And I actually like Garagori a lot, but uh, Mursad Bektik <laughs> is just on a different level, I feel like. So I think I'm going to pick Bektik on this one. He's off, the, he's off the card, Drew. He's off the card. He's fighting Damon Jackson now. What? Yeah, yep. I'm on the UFC.com website right now, and they got him up. So that just gives a show uh, whoever's yeah, uh, whoever's running yeah, think, this website sucks. <laughs> I do think that changed pretty recently. Yeah, now he's fighting Damon Jackson. Um, Who's fighting uh, Jackson? Uh, Bechtick. All right, well, I got Bechtick then still. <laughs> yeah. Matt. Yeah, I got, I got, uh, I got back to two. Um, I was actually excited for the original fight. I'm not sure what happened because I actually think it was a week in. I did my fantasy. Uh, what's the one we do? DraftKings. Yeah. I did it early in the week. I did it on Tuesday, and he was he was already out of the fight. So it's been a, it's been a couple of days. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm going with back Dick. He's on a two fight skid. Um, that worries me a little bit, but. I think he's another big favorite, so I'm going with Bechtick. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's Damon's first fight in the UFC, so you can't really uh, – I mean, it's hard to say because he hasn't fought, any again, anyone of note. Uh, he does fight out of Fortis, which, I mean, is a pretty good camp of some uh, – I mean, they have some decent fighters, but, I mean, who, who knows? It's – I mean, a late replacement, who knows what kind of shape he'll, he'll be in. I mean, again, he's a pretty – uh, he's Bechtick is actually now the biggest favorite on the card since the drop. He's he's minus three sixty now. It just kind of looks like they just got him any opponent possible and get him a win and get back on track. Yeah. So then uh, I think it's the final prelim fight. Um, I mean I'm confused about everything now because UFC.com don't update their crap. But yeah. uh, it uh, is. That, that, yeah. This What's is that? the this is the headlining of the. Um, of the undercard, Espinosa and Dvorak. Yep, yep. So Jordan Espinosa versus Dvorak. I got uh, I got Espinosa just because um, I think he's been a little bit shaky, but uh, what I've seen from him is he's he's he looks dangerous, but it seems like he just doesn't pull out the win sometimes when I watch him fight. So, but I got him because I have no clue who David Dvorak is. So that's my choice, Matt. I'm going with David Dvorak just to go different from you. I have no clue from either two of these guys. Uh, see, I, I actually uh, – Dvorak, Dvorak uh, he fought Bruno Silva. That's been his only um, fight in the UFC so far. But I, he's another one that came in with a lot of hype before that fight. Uh, I, to be honest, I don't really remember the fight all that much. Um, but he won a decision. But, I mean, he's on like um, – like a 12 fight win streak or something. This is a straight pick them. They're both minus 108. Um, so I actually did bet on Dvorak. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, Espinosa just loses weird fights. Like he's just, he's been, he's been subbed like a couple times that just like he lost, he got subbed by Alex Perez and Matt Schnell. Like and try like triangles too. Like he's not like getting getting dropped and getting like rear naked. Like he's he's getting an arm arm an arm triangle choke and a triangle choke have been two of his last three fights. Like that's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Trip, are we throwing ten bucks on this then? Whoever has the whoever's the overall winner wins the pot. We we may have to keep track at the end, but I, I haven't been – we might have to go back and listen and see who had better picks. But, yeah, I, I'm going with Dvorak. I, th- I think he's going to win that one. All right. And we can just message each other the picks. Uh, That's we true. Pick we can do that also. Too. It's just if you're down, but we'll, we'll go over it later. Uh, we got now <laughs> the main card. We got Kevin Holland versus Darren Stewart. I think this is a pretty good fight. Um, I got – I got Kevin Holland, but I like both of these guys. But I just think Kevin Holland's got more of a hot streak behind him right now. So, that's why I pick Holland. Yeah, I so these are people out of action now. So, I'm excited for the main card. I think it's six fights too, which is pretty cool. Um, I agree with you, Drew. The this, this fight's hard to pick. Darren Stewart's not bad. Kevin Holland has looked great recently. I'm going with – I'm going to go with Holland as well. I want to look at the height real quick. Yeah, he's got a two inches. Um, do you guys know if this is at – well, it does say middleweight. So, it looks like – Yeah, it's, it's 185. Yep. Yeah. So, that concerns me a little bit, but he's still taller. And, uh, yeah, I'm going with Holland. I think he wins. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Darren Stewart's very good. Um, <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and, I mean, Holland's fine, but, I mean, neither of these guys are ever going to really 
make waves in the division or like get anywhere close to a title. But I mean, Holland's another one. He's minus two sixty. There's just, I mean, I think he wins pretty easily, but there's just not a lot of value to. Um, and I, I mean, I guess by the way, since I've been saying this so much, just I don't know if people listen or if you guys even know. So like minus two sixty obviously is the favorite. So you would have to bet two hundred and sixty dollars just to win a hundred. And then plus two fifteen for Darren Stewart, you would bet a hundred to win two fifteen. So ah. minus is minus is always the favorite. Plus is the underdog, and then the hundred goes opposite ways. So a plus is bet a hundred. That's the amount you win. Minus is bet that much to win a hundred. Um, so just a little educational fact there for everyone. Learn something Thank new you. every day. You the got more, the more you know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I agree with you though, Trip. Too. I think these guys are both. Uh, like middle of the road type fighters, but uh, they'll still they'll still be in the UFC, I think, for a while. But they'll never uh, make waves, like you said. I think they're just uh, they'll win two, lose one, win two, lose one type guys. Yeah, they're stereotypical journeymen. They'll they'll yeah. stick around, but no one's ever gonna really care. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mackenzie Dern versus Random Marcos. Uh, Mackenzie Dern's got a lot of hype behind her, and um, I'm not too sold on the hype, but I do still think she beats uh, Randa Marcos. So I think Randa Marcos just isn't as good as Dern, so I've got Mackenzie Dern. Yeah, I think this is an easy pick. Mackenzie Dern, ever since she had her kid, she's been crushing it, and Randa Marcos is 10-9-1. That's awful. So I got I got Mackenzie Dern. So um, Dern's only loss, too, was to Amanda Rebus. Who yeah? Who was beat both of them? And she, Amanda Rebus is really good. Um, yeah, Dern, well, and you said Dern's been good since her kid. She actually lost her first fight after having the kid, and then won the second yep. one. Um, <laughs> Whatever. But so she, she's eight and one overall, and her one loss has been has I mean to a really good per, to a really good fighter, and it was a decision. Marcos, here's another fun fact: has never lost two in a row. But her last, like, 15 fights, she's literally alternated uh, win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. So, I mean, she's, she's scrappy, but she's just – she's not really on her level. Dern actually has a chance to become champ one day. Randa's just like what we were talking about. She's just going to kind of stick around and be in it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, who cares about her? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, so, Trip was her last fight a winner or a loss, though? Uh, Randa's coming off a loss to Amanda Rebus also. So she's due, for, she's due for a win. Yeah, Uh-oh. that's true. That's going to make this fight even more exciting. It's going to be fight of the, the night. There is a little bit of value on it. Randa is plus 146. Dern's only – Dern's not quite 2-1. to one. She's minus 174. Uh, so I actually did bet on Dern too because I do think that's worth maybe putting a little extra money on to um, win something off of her because I do, I do think she's probably a lot better than Randa. Yeah. Um, next fight, we got Johnny Walker versus Ryan Spann. This is a fight that I like a lot. Um, even though Johnny Walker is kind of going through a two, I think it's a two-fight losing streak right now, uh, I still think he comes back and wins. He switched camp. He seems like he's not as cocky, and uh, he's he's going into this level-headed. But I still think he's going to be crazy once he gets into the, uh, into the octagon. So I think it's going to be Johnny Walker that wins. Yeah, I'm 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 on the Johnny Walker train for this fight too. I'm not a Ryan Span guy. He beat um let's see, beat Sam Alvey. I feel like everybody beats Sam Alvey now. He's a one trick pony. 
Um, he submitted Devin Clark. I didn't see that fight. And then he knocked out an uh, 185-year-old Antonio Nogueira. So uh, <laughs> I'm going with Johnny Walker. I think I agree with you, Drew. I think he's going to be um, focused in on this fight. Yeah, I mean, to give Span at least his due daps, he has won eight in a row. Like, he did go through a really tough stretch for a while where he lost four or six. But, I mean, Walker, if anyone hasn't watched Johnny Walker fight before, I mean, he is so freaking exciting. And he, I mean, he either knocks someone dead or gets knocked dead. So, I mean, his, <laughs> he has lost two in a row. Um, but, I mean, Nikita Krylov and Corey Anderson are both pretty good. Um, and I, I think people are sleeping on him now because he, I mean, he did get caught in that fight against Corey Anderson and then lost to Nikita. But I think Nikita Krylov is very good. And yeah. I think this, I think this is the fight to win some money on because Johnny Walker is only a minus one eighteen, um, spans just even money plus a hundred. Um, so I mean, if there was ever a fight that I felt very confident in that was as close as that, I mean, those are pretty good odds for a guy that. I mean, if you would if you would ask anyone about Johnny Walker a year ago, he would be like the next big thing. He's had a couple two hiccups in a row, but I think he's probably going to get back on track and just freaking kill Ryan Span. So we'll see. But I mean, like I said, Span has won eight in a row, so I mean he's no slouch. But I think that line's a little bit close because Walker Walker has a chance to be a champ. Yeah, I agree. I think if he just hones in uh, certain things, I think he's want to be reckoned with i actually thought when he was when the hype train was going like you said like two years ago i thought he was going to be the guy to beat john jones and then sure enough he lost to Corey anderson i was like oh boy so um and you actually i mean not to correct but i mean when he lost to anderson that was november of last year i mean so his last win was only march like March 2nd of 19. So, I mean, it's not like he's been in a downswing for years now. I mean, he had a tough, uh, a tough two fights back to back in November and March, but I mean, he's had a couple, he's had what, six months off now to correct things and maybe calm down a little bit. Cause he does get freaking wild. And like I said, if, if anyone's who hasn't watched him before, I mean, he spins, he jumps in the air, flying knees, spinning back fists. He does everything that people want to see in a fight and he just hits hard. So, I mean, you had got to imagine, like, if he calms down a little bit and picks his shots a little bit better, he's one of the best fighters in the division. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and you said it was uh, last year, right? It wasn't two years ago, right? Correct. Yeah, I mean, he lost in, November, like, last November. So, I mean, yeah. what, ten, 10 months ago? And then he lost yeah. in March. And those are his only two losses. Before that, I mean, he was just killing fools. Yeah, exactly. Um, now we got – Kamzat Chimaev, I think I said his name uh, right, against Chimaev, uh, yep. yeah against Gerald uh, Mearshart. This fight has got probably – it's crazy. It's almost like stealing the show with all, like, the back and forth they've been going uh, about. So, Kamzat Chimaev, uh, his last two fights, I think, in total, he got punched, what, twice? And, yeah, and they, uh, were, they were 10 days apart. 10 days apart. This guy's a freak of nature. Um, they've actually double booked him, so he's fighting – uh, Gerald, and then if he gets by GM3, then he gets to fight Damian Maya. I think, in November. I think they pushed it back a little bit. But um, it's crazy, the hype behind this guy. But it's also very interesting that uh, uh, Gerald Mearshart, uh, his ground game's real good, though. So if he does get taken down, he's good with submissions. So 
it's a super interesting fight. I think the UFC did it on purpose to kind of like like build him up and see if okay if Comzak can beat Mearshart, then they'll throw him against a line like uh, Damian Maya. So it's a very interesting fight. I want Mearshart to win, but I think uh, Chimaev's going to win it. Why? Why? Why do you want? I mean, Shmaev is. I mean, a guy that fights ten days apart and already wants to book two fights. Like, what's not to like about him? And his two wins were. I mean, he's he's another Habib. Like, he just he gets on top of you and mauls you. Like people that don't like. I mean, ground fighting. That's not the type of ground fighting people don't like. Like he, that dude yeah, yeah. is a killer. I love him. I hope he dominates this guy. And I think it's finally the UFC is actually doing a good job of carrying him along like it this is a good opponent like Mirsard hasn't really beat anyone all that impressive but I mean he's had let me see 11 UFC fights I mean and he's I mean he's six and five in the UFC he has a, a decent record he's 31 and 13 overall but I mean he's pretty much a 500 fighter in the UFC so he's got more experience in the guys he's fought but it, it's a good step up that if he does beat him, fighting a veteran that's maybe not at the top of his game anymore, um, like Maya, would be super exciting. But, I mean, I just hope it's not one of those where he's already looking past him and just wants to beat this guy to go fight the guy with a name. But, I mean, this kid doesn't really seem like someone who thinks like that. Yeah, he's uh, – I just want Mearshart to win just because – I'm not even a huge fan of them, but just their back and forth they've been going through. Like, I, like Mearshart feels like he's disrespected and things like that. And Chimaev's uh, definitely – I mean, he's he should be cocky, but uh, I don't know. It just turns – it rubs me the wrong way a little bit. So, it would just right. be, be fun to see. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, how about you, Matt? Yeah, I didn't see the back and forth. Um, uh, and I was with Trip. I didn't know why you didn't – you wanted Mearshart to win. I never liked him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Shemay, how do you say it? Shemayoff? Shemayev. Shemayev. Uh, he, yeah, he's a beast. I think he is, I think he's going to win. My only concern is he's going up in weight. So, and he's, he likes to take people down so that extra weight, but I don't think it'll be a problem because, uh, him and Khabib and they, they wrestle bears. So I think he'll, <laughs> that's <love>. true. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I got him winning. I think it'll definitely be more difficult. I think it'll last longer because, uh, like Drew was saying, Mearshark's pretty good on the ground. So, we might be in for some ground and pound for, what is it, three? Three rounds? Three-round fight? Yep. Yeah. So it might, it might yeah. go on three. And, I mean, Drew, if you, if you actually think Mearshark has a chance, he is plus 320. So, I mean, he's more than a – he, more than a three-to-one dog. So, I mean, Shemayev's minus 405, so that's unappealing at all. There's no – I mean, you'd have to bet a lot of money to win a little. So, I mean, four-to-one going the other way is not great. But, I mean, plus 320, if you, I'll, maybe I'll throw a couple bucks on Mearshart just in case. But, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think so either, but uh, I just – I don't know. I kind of want him to win. But, um, but yeah, I might throw some – I might throw a couple bucks on there. My couple bucks and your couple bucks are are a little bit different, though. I'm a well. We we can't all be de degenerates like me, Drew. Well, I'm a well. I'm I'm just a cheap. I'm just a cheap dude. <laughs> frugal, uh, bro. Frugal. Yeah, I'm frugal. Uh, so co-main event. This one breaks my heart. It's Donald Cerrone versus Nico Price. Um, I'm just scared for Cerrone every time he fights now. Although his last fight. 
he looked great against Pettis. I actually thought he won that fight, but um, he's starting to get to that point. Now, granted, he's been fighting killers his whole career, but um, but uh, I think he does win this fight. I still think Cerrone wins this fight. I think Nico's just a little bit – I mean, he's not on Cerrone's level, I feel like, even with Cerrone kind of falling off a little bit. Um, the only thing that freaks me out a little bit about Price is he can knock you out anywhere. He's just a wild man. But uh, it seems like Cerrone's in this one, though. He, he, all week he was talking about this fight's for me. Uh, he just had uh, another kid. I think he had another boy. So uh, I think uh -oh. he's going to win this one. Yeah, you I think he's going to win him? this one. Because the last one's name is Danger, right? Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's Riot Rain Cerrone. I think it is. <laughs> Riot and Danger. <laughs> I think his, his, his first name's definitely Riot, but I, I'm not sure about his middle name. I think it's Rain. Though. I think it's Riot Rain Cerrone, but it's definitely That's Riot. Amazing. Yeah. Um, man, yeah. Is, my man is a nut. So I agree this fight. I, I don't know. I kind of look at it the other way. I'm, I'm excited for this fight instead of worried about it or whatever, because I'm a cowboy guy. I love cowboy, but I already know, like I put in my head, he's kind of, he's over the hump. So now I'm just going to enjoy his fights. I agree. I think he's going to win this fight. I think him having another kid is going to kind of set him straight. I like Nico Price a lot too, though. Um, he's got some of the craziest knockouts in UFC. Um, I think he was on the ground. He was like hitting the dude in the in the jaw while he was on top of him and knocked him out. And then he up kicked. Uh, who's the James guy? Vick. Huh? James Vick. Yeah, he up kicked James Vick. Uh, what does he look like? He looks like Earthworm Jim. And, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I got Cerrone. I think it's going to be a war, and I agree. He looked really good against Pettis. I thought he won that fight as well. Um, he is going up uh, to welterweight, which he has fought there before. And Nico Price is pretty big and lanky. My, my thing about Cerrone, though, is he normally struggles with people that are, like, boxers. And Nico is kind of like a wild swinger. So I think if, uh, I think if Donald keeps to the um, – he's just crisp and tight, I think he could pick him apart. See, that's kind of why I'm actually leaning Cerrone here because I like when Cerrone fights guys that will stand and bang with him. Like, yeah. not anything can happen. And Cerrone's lost – he has lost four in a row, but he's lost, a, like, four of what, the top six guys? Like, he's lost to Pettis, yeah. McGregor, Gaethje, and Ferguson in his last four fights. Like, yeah. Yeah. who yeah. knows? I mean, and, and Nico, he gets a little swing happy. Like, I mean, his last – his last couple fights, he's either been knocked out or gotten a knockout, I think, in his last six fights. So I, I, it's going to win fight of the night. It's the fight. Other, I am really excited about Shemaev, but I think this is going to be the best fight on the card. And I'm leaning Cerrone. Um, he's a small underdog. He's plus 130. So I'm going to ride Cerrone. And maybe it's just nostalgia and my love for Cowboy. But I think he's going to get back on track because – I mean, he's the Tom Brady of MMA. I think he's going to stick around way too long, and he's just going <laughs> to. And he's, he's just going to cage, bro. He's going to keep fighting until he's forty-eight. Uh, but I mean, his Cerny's chin hasn't looked like bad. Like I mean, he's come out, but he's done that his whole career. He comes out and has fights where he just looks flat. Like he's just not. He's not crisp. He's a little sluggish. But it never. He's not like punch drunk. Like he's not like Rich Franklin or Chuck Liddell at the end of their careers, where you tap him on the chin and, and they go to sleep. Like Cerrone's still. Uh, he's been he's been finished plenty, but I mean it's 
it, it's never like worrisome when you watch it. Like you never like see him get hit and just be like, damn, he doesn't have any more. Like he, like even when McGregor like got that TKO, like that was just a fucking clean head kick that rattled him. But I, it, it, it's never looked like scary, like our oh, Cerrone needs to hang it up or he's going to get seriously hurt. So I, I think he's going to pull one out here. I agree with everything you said. I think all three of us are huge uh, Cerrone fans and, um, I think he is going to pull out the win. I just think he's got the experience, and he's just overall better than Nico Price at this moment, too, even with him kind of going on a downskin. I agree, too. His uh, his chin doesn't look like it's 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 like how you described it, uh, Trip. Like, he has been knocked out, but it, they've never been, like, scary ones yet where, like, he gets knocked out, but he's, like, kind of still there. He's not, like, out cold stiff, so um, – I think he's still got a pretty good chin for all the battles he's been through. It's probably right. not great that we're that we're both saying yet, though, because it does sound like kind of all three of us are expecting it to happen soon. And it could be this fight. I mean, he might get touched in the chin and just go night-night. But yeah. I think I think everyone that's a fan of the UFC or MMA doesn't want to see that happen anytime soon because hopefully he's got a couple more years and a couple more fights in him. Yeah. yeah exactly. at, oh, sorry. You look at uh, – Cerrone reminds me of, I love Faber, and it's kind of like that where, like, you know it's coming, and then the Peter Yan happens to Faber, and I think it's going to happen to Cerrone, too, because he just loves fighting. Um, but, yeah, so I, I – you, uh, you look at Cerrone in his last fight, too. You guys were talking about his chin. He took some bombs from Pettis, and he was eating them. So I think he – I agree. I think his chin is fine. Um, I think he just got caught off guard in the McGregor fight with those shoulders, and then, and then obviously a head kick to the – uh, he's gonna is gonna show you a little bit. So, yeah. Um, let's go to the main fight. This one, this one's a crazy one because if you were to say Woodley versus Covington like two years ago or two fights ago, or yeah, I would say two fights ago for Woodley, I would have said Woodley would have killed Covington. But um, just how both of their paths are kind of going now, I. I want Woodley to, to win, um, but uh, I think Covington just does the same thing that uh, Gilbert Burns did to Woodley and the same thing that Ushman did to Woodley. I think he just gets outworked, pushed against the cage, and um, I think it just is a dominant win for Covington, although I do want Woodley to win. Uh, Matt? I'm literally mimicking everything you're saying. Uh, Woodley needs to come out swinging like he did. Yeah. That's what he's got to do. And people, people who go into fights against like a Khabib or a, a Covington where their, their gas tank is just incredible and they're going to take you down, you have to – that's why I love – I mean, I think that's why a lot of people love Masvidal uh, with the catching, catching Askren. Because I think he even knew. He was like, hey, I got to hit him fast or I'm just going to get laid on and, uh, and lose this fight. So, um, yeah, Woodley's got to – he's got to throw bombs, I think, right off the start. All right, well, I'm going to crack one for this one. Okay. <laughs> Dude, that was crisp. <laughs> that was a crispy. You're damn right. All right, so I am going the complete opposite direction from you guys. I think Woodley – in the last, so Woodley's last two losses, Usman and Burns, were both snoozers, boring. Woodley came out tired, unmotivated, 
If there was ever a reason to get him motivated, it's Colby Covington. I mean, he is significantly the most hated fighter. I don't know if he has any fans. Outside of Dylan Dennis, <laughs> who's not even in the UFC, I can't imagine anyone is more hated. And I think Covington thought his whole shtick was going to get people to either love him or hate him. It's just got people to hate him. And I don't think anyone hates him more than Woodley. And Woodley, I mean, he released a rap album. He was on that stupid network show with The Rock. Did you guys see that? No. Uh, did you, did yeah, you hear his song? like that Gladiator show. Yeah, whatever that Gladiator show is, which is is essentially just like being strong and athletic. Woodley showed up for his first one and got worked by some average Joe off the street. <laughs> so, I mean, he's in music. I mean, he has just been not focused ever. I mean, he became champ. He started making money and it all went to his head. I think if there was ever going to be a fight that he wins again against someone near the top 10, I mean, it has to be Covington. Like, he has to get back on track. And on top of that, I think I was just kind of salivating and seeing Woodley as almost a three-to-one underdog. You can currently get him at plus 290. I love that. Like, having him – him seeing that he's a three-to-one dog to Covington, who is a boring fighter, and Woodley being criticized and taking all this the last couple of years, I think he's going to come out finally in good shape, but – I mean, maybe people have been saying that for too long because, I mean, even his last couple of wins were kind of boring. But, I mean, you just got to imagine he's going to – if if there was anything to ever fully motivate him, it's got to be Covington. So, I think Willie's going to pull it off. I agree with you 100%. Do you – do you think this is make it or break it for Woodley? Do you think if Woodley loses, do you think it's pretty much over for him? You got to imagine he's either going to be done or done for a while. Like, I don't get – like, if he goes from being, like, the murderer he was and one of the, I mean, top pound-for-pound pound guys, and then to lose three in a row, even if they are to all top five, top ten guys, I mean, that's still, like, a good portion of his division. Like, I mean, he's got to step back and – I, I mean, he's 38 also, so that probably doesn't help. I, I think people, I, I was a little surprised by that. I didn't think he was that old. But I don't know. I, I just think something's going to have to motivate him. And Covington lost to Usman too. So, I mean, it's, it's not like Wood, Woodley's losing to bums. It's just got to be so tasty to go out and just knock his head off his shoulders. Like, if there was ever something to motivate Woodley to finally do that again – it's got to be Covington. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. And I would just love for that to happen. Like, to see Woodley just starch uh, Covington would be the best thing ever. So, uh, here's the hoping. I got yeah. Covington winning, but I don't want him to win. <laughs> and again, though, if there was, if there was ever a, a good fight to, like, you typically, if you're seeing things at plus 300, I mean, it's usually guys that don't have a fucking chance. If Woodley comes out and looks a shred of what he used to look like, I mean, that's a crazy number. So just value alone, again, maybe that's just a better's mindset instead of an MMA, like, fan and, like, savant mindset. But, like, just seeing, seeing Woodley be a three-to-one underdog to a guy like Covington is just – it's too nice to pass up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we're done with the card. Uh it's a card I'm excited for. I'm assuming everybody's watching it tomorrow, right? Yep. I got a I got a birthday party, so I might miss it. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually working the bar uh, tomorrow. I work one to one, but uh, I'll definitely uh, have it on my phone though. <laughs> so I'll yeah, catch bits, and pieces, bits and pieces. Be, of it. 
You'll be serving what, three, four people? Yeah, but it gets crowded. After four, man, it gets it gets crazy. I'm the only one there, so. <laughs> All right, so the final thing I wanted to talk about before I let you guys go is uh, fantasy football. Fantasy football is a thing that I'm huge into, and it just so happens that both of you gents are in two of my leagues. So um, let's start with our dynasty league. Uh, I think we can all agree that triple's looking great. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run away with that. <laughs> Trip, if you don't mind, can you run through your team real quick? Uh, yeah, give me one second. Yeah, so what we got? We have a we have a twelve man league, mainly dodgeball players. Um, it's our first year of a dynasty. Most people went young. I went good players. Now it's two quarterback lead. I have league. I have Stafford and Bridgewater, but then I have Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler. Okay. I have Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, Will Fuller. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty damn about this year and next year. Might have to rebuild after that, but that's what draft picks are for. Yeah, in your first uh, game, I think you um, – the, well, the other guy, so the, the guy you played I against – scored the most some, points. Yeah, the guy you played against is just some rando, right? It's not a dodgeball guy. Correct. Yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, he scored the second most points in the league. And so he got pretty much screwed because he came up against the wood chipper that is Team Triple. <laughs> but, yeah, your team, seems, your team seems real solid. Who are you playing uh, against this week? Um, Joe Kim, whoever that is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so with our – for this specific league, uh, it's like half dodgeball players, and then we got a bunch of random dudes that I guess um, uh, Christine, Christine's uh, so Frankie's wife's um, younger brother's friends, I guess, from another dynasty league. But uh, so it's fun to talk smack to them because we have no clue who they are. So it's it's enjoyable. But um, uh, Matt, how's your team doing? My team is doing awful. Um... <laughs> Drafting yeah, so five my, quarterbacks didn't work out for you, Matt? Yeah, so a little background for everybody. My team name is the owner of quarterbacks. I drafted a ton, um, but it's still early. We just started. So I, for, I went for young players, and the good news is my quarterbacks are Mahomes, Breeze, and I got Tua on the bench, and I got two uh, backup quarterbacks that will probably never play. So, so – that I mean, even that is like, did you? I don't know how much people. I mean, Drew, it's obviously all your show, but I mean, I'm more interested in just talking about players and the teams. Like, I mean, Drew Brees, you being the team quarterback, and your top two quarterbacks are Mahomes and Brees. Did you guys watch any of that Bucks Saints game last week? Drew Brees cannot throw the ball anymore. Yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of running too. Not even just that. Every time they wanted to throw the ball downfield, they gave it to Taysom Hill to do it. Like, Taysom Hill took three shots downfield every time Brees threw the ball more than 20 yards. It was, like, kind of tough to watch. Like, even <laughs> though they won that game, they're, they're a better team. And, like, they have a better shot at winning the Super Bowl this year. But, I mean, I thought Brady actually didn't look that bad. But I thought Breeze was like, this has got to be his last year. I don't know if he even finishes the season. Like, I mean – I might like Jameis more than other people do, but I mean, Jameis and Taysom at least can freaking throw the ball to their receivers downfield. Like, I mean, I thought Breeze looked terrible. Yeah. 
And and normally he's uh, normally he's pretty accurate. He was eighteen of thirty, which is not the best. Yeah, and if if you don't, if your quarterbacks don't get cooking, I think you might be in some trouble. And I don't think Breeze is the guy to hang that hat on. So I've been trying to get Tua from you all year because I think Tua. I that's another thing. I mean, another uh, another thing I'm interested in here. I have no idea why Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing right now. Like <laughs> he's, he's obviously not a quarterback that you want to build with or move forward with. And when you see other teams like. I don't know if you guys watched the Bengals-Brown games last night, but, I mean, yeah. I realized Burrow was the number one overall pick. But he's out there, and he's doing just fine. And he's on a team that's not going to – they're not going to win anything. And they're not worried about his confidence or his health. Like, the only thing I can think is may- maybe Tua's still banged up. But, I mean, all accounts say that he seems healthy. So, I have no idea why he's not playing. Because I hate – like, I'm a big baseball guy, so I get, like, coddling young players because you don't want to throw a pitcher out there that's 20 and not ready for the majors yet and they get rocked. In football, I think that goes out the window. Like, yeah. if you're a quarterback like Tua that was great in college and won big games, why he is not playing right now with the Dolphins and getting reps and, like, uh, getting better in a year that doesn't matter, that maybe in two or three years the young guys they have can actually make an impact is perplexing to me. Yeah. I think, I think two things are going to happen here. I think he is going to make his debut next week. It's a Thursday night game. That's my guess. That's my prediction. Um, I agree with you. I don't know why they're waiting. Fitzpatrick isn't doing anything. Um, and I'm a big believer in you either got it or you don't. So I'm, I'm not even a fan of it. You look at, I mean, you look at Peyton Manning. I think his first year, they just threw him to the Wolves, and they did awful. But then now he's one of the great – I mean, he's one of the arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So – I think you either have it or you don't. And I think Tua does. Before his injury, people were literally saying tanking for Tua. So I agree with you. I don't know why he's not playing. I mean, he was the number one projection for years until he got hurt. Like, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, it would have been a real conversation whether to take Burrow or Tua. Like, because Tua had multiple years in college that he was a stud. I mean, Burrow had one unbelievable season, possibly the best college football season ever. But, I mean, he was also a nobody before that and a backup at Ohio State. Like, Tua is that guy that people have been waiting for. And, like, I kind of get what you're saying by, like, expecting him to – but, like, how do you justify, like, pulling Fitzpatrick after week two? Like, they play the Bills this week. They have the Jags week three. If you trot him out there week three, you're essentially saying, like, oh, we were kind of just scared of – we didn't want to put him out there against the Patriots because that would be maybe too scary for him. Like, you can't coddle him that, like, obviously. Like, they, you have to think it's at least going to be to the point that they're either going to ride the ship out with Fitz and give Tua a year to learn. But, like, that's not even a good quarterback to, like, learn behind. Like, at yeah. least, like, Jordan Love on the Packers, like, gets to, like, be with Mr. Friendly Aaron Rodgers. But, like, <laughs> what is Tua gaining from being behind Ryan Fitzpatrick on – the terrible Miami Dolphins. It, it makes absolutely no sense. And, like, that's what people want to f-ing see. They want to see Tua out there, like, putting in work, whether they still go 0-16 with him. A real com- There's no such thing as, like, a soft player that needs coddled but made it to the place where Tua did. Like, if he had that sort of mentality that he can get shaken and rocked, after like a rough year or a couple bad games, then he's not a guy that's going in a top five pick. Like it, I don't, that's just like poor run. That's the freaking dolphins for you, I guess. Yeah. I, 
I don't think it makes any sense, but I think that's what's going to happen. I just have a weird feeling. I hope so. I hope he plays soon because my team definitely needs it. But um, <laughs> the good news is to kind of go even more in depth with that, I know when I said my quarterbacks didn't seem like I had much, um, I winded up trading two of them away that I drafted and got a potential first overall next year because Andrew Kimmy Kim's team stinks more than mine. And, <laughs> and then I also got a second-round pick. That's going to be closer to a third because um, Eric Fisher, I know Ice Machine, for those of you guys that know him, uh, his team's pretty good. So it's probably going to be a latter, latter part of the second half or second, second round. So, all right, to finish up my team, uh, my running backs are really poopy. Um, even though everybody hates on Chris Carson in our league, he had a really good week one. And then uh, Devin Singletary, they drafted Zach Moss. And I don't like the Bills anymore because of that. Um, my other running backs, Benny Snell, I've been high on him. Everybody laughed about that too. And he came out killing it last week. Um, and I think that's more of just James Conner never being able to stay healthy. Um, and then I also have wide receiver-wise, Cooper Cup, who was the, the fourth best receiver last year. So I think he's a sleeper. I think he'll be all right. He had a terrible week one. Um, and then A.J. Brown, he's killing me in his second year. He's already hurt, not playing this week. Marvin Jones, he's a, I think he's just somebody who flies under the radar. I think he's a good third receiver. Luckily, I got Scotty Miller, Julian Edelman Jr., um, and, and I think he'll actually be pretty decent this year. Tight ends, Hunter Henry. If he can stay healthy, he'll be all right, but he's never able to stay healthy. So continue to pray for my team because I'm looking like I'm in trouble. So might, might go, uh, oh, for what, however many weeks there are. So. <laughs> Long, long run, long run. I'm, I'm in it for the long, for the long game, the long haul. Yeah. So this is again, this is our dynasty league. So this is like you're a GM. So you continue to have these players just for people that don't know. And um, so it's interesting, and that's something I need to keep remembering too. When I, when I look at my team, because uh, I'm just used to, and I think the majority of people that play fantasy football are used to, uh, just you have that team for that season, then you get a new team the next season. So this one's a little bit different, but it's fun though. It's exciting. Um, so with my team, uh, I went 0-1. Uh, I was projected to, from Matt, that my team was going to be pretty good. Uh, I ended up being 0-1 my first week, um, which kind of scared me a little bit. Uh, I got Carson Wentz, who right now scares me because he has no line. So he's just under attack constantly, and uh, that makes it a little shaky. The good news is he's still young. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, I've got Todd Gar Gurley. And Mark Ingram, I like – I'm high on Todd Gurley. He's still young. People hate on him because of his bum knee, but I think he's still going to be a stub for a while. Mark Ingram scares me, uh, especially after week one. Uh, J.K. Dobbins looked amazing. What's that? You got you. Yeah, you're good. Okay, cool, cool. I'm going through still. Uh, all right. Yeah, you're good. All right, cool, cool. Uh, Mark Ingram scares me because uh, J.K. Dobbins pretty much stole all of his reps, and uh, Ingram just did not look good week one. Tyreek Hill is going to be good for a while. Godwin's going to be good for a while, but right now I'm seeing that he's doubtful for week two, which kind of concerns me. Um, Devontae Parker uh, is another young uh, wide receiver that I'm high on. Uh, Austin Hooper, tight end who I was <laughs> bragging about the whole uh, all season, is 0 for 2 so far. He's terrible. So hopefully he turns that around. <laughs> um, 
Kenyon Drake and Mozart. Uh, I really like them as my running backs too. This is, and then I got Tom Brady, who obviously um, he actually did okay fantasy wise uh, the first week, even though uh, his team didn't do just so hot. But um, I'll obviously need a QB pretty soon with him uh, going forward. And then my bench is kind of just a bunch of randoms, pretty much. I don't want to run through them because it's a bunch of guys that I could put in on bye weeks, pretty much. But I do have uh, in my taxi squad, I have um, – is it Jordan Love for Green Bay? Yeah. Yeah, so I have him, and I think once Brady uh, retires, maybe he'll be starting in the next couple years. So uh, that's why I picked him. But uh, I still like my team, but I don't think – I mean, it's still too early to tell. But going into week one, I don't think I'm going to do as good as uh, I thought I was. I'm not as confident anymore, so – but um, uh, any last thoughts on, that, on the dynasty league, or what are you saying, Trent? Well, I was just I was just gonna say, uh, outside of fantasy, is there any like games you guys are looking forward to this year or this week? Do you guys, how do you guys go about spending your football Sunday? Like, I know I'm, I think we're all pretty big Eagles fans in here. I think I might be a little bit more of an Eagles fan. You guys might be a little bit more of football fans, but Eagles are your team. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, that's a hundred percent there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. How do you guys? How do you guys spend your football Sunday? Like, do you do you have just like for one o'clock this Sunday? Are you guys going to be watching the Eagles Rams? Are you gonna? Are you guys like red zone people? Or how how do you go about spending your day? And Drew, you might be at the bar, but let's just assume you weren't. How would you spend your day? Yeah, so me and Matt uh, before uh, we started traveling away, we did the same thing. It'd be eleven. Oh no, not eleven. It's eleven here because uh, in Montana we're. I'm two two hours before you guys. I keep forgetting about that. But, then, yeah, it'd be like a 1 o'clock. All the 1 o'clock games would come on. I would seriously just watch Red Zone, drink beers, uh, watch all the Red Zone. Uh, I, it's like the best time of year on Sundays uh, in the fall. And then uh, I would usually kind of start falling asleep because I was drinking too many beers during the afternoon games. But uh, catch those and then obviously uh, wake back up for the uh, Sunday night game. But, uh, yeah, it's usually football all day on Sundays. But the only thing that stinks now is uh, being in Montana, I got a bartending job. So um, I can catch the early games, and then I can catch most of the afternoon games. But I go in uh, right as those games are ending, and then I watch the uh, the uh, Sunday night game uh, at the bar. So it just depends on how busy it is. What about you, Matty? Um. So last year was perfect because Drew was living with me and it was two versus one. So we got to watch them. Um, the power was in our hands, but I'm a married man. Drew moved out and now I got to do what the wife says. So we have to watch the Eagles game. Had a girl. That's why I always like Danielle more than you. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, one o'clock watching that game. And then, uh, dude, and then I got to go to a game night. So I'm going to miss the afternoon games, but on normal occasions, um, I'm like Drew. I love watching Red Zone. We do the fantasy thing. Um, it's just, it's awesome. You get to, you get to catch all the highlights of every game. Um, but I, I do love my wife more than, more than football. So, um, she wears the pants every once in a while. Every once in a while. Good, what a good guy. Uh, before we go on to um, uh, our other league, real quick. So me and Trip made a trade already in the Dynasty League. Uh, I was Ty Hilton for a first round. Uh, do we want to? Go over that real quick. Do you think it was a good trade, bad trade? 
well, let Matt start. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think you got. I think you got hosed, Trip. <laughs> you think I got hosed? This this is why I'll, I'll explain. So T.Y. Hillen, I think, just gets injured every year. So I think he'll be out at least two or three weeks. And then with Dynasty, and I know, I so to give a little background, Trip, did you, did you play Dynasty before? Are you in another league? I am in one other. Okay, so okay, so I'm not I'm not preaching it to to people who it's their first year. But anyway, so I play Dynasty as well. This is my third year going into it, but first year with this league, I was trying to like coach some people up, but it's not really good when you start out on one and the team looks really terrible. But anyway, so um, first round picks are big. Now they are a gamble though, because nobody really knows how somebody's going to turn out. Um, and with Tripp's team, he's going to finish probably, well, I shouldn't say probably, he's going to finish top four. So that means the, the first round pick is going to be late. So I guess it's not as much of a ripoff or, or a steal as I think, but with Drew's team, I guess it's kind of fair for both. I know I'm backtracking, but Drew, Drew needs. Yeah, to... I was gonna say because I'm about to hit you with some facts too. So, <laughs> yeah, was... so wait, wait with the facts. Drew's team needs to get younger, so that was a good trade on his part. I just don't think Ty Hilton's gonna be that good. I thought last year he he wasn't too good, and he was injured a lot. So all right, trip, go ahead. So what I was gonna say with basing, let's do a little pop quiz. Let's see who can get closer. T.Y. Hilton has played eight full seasons in the league. How many games do you think he's missed in his career? Drew, how many, how many would you guess? How many games he's missed in his career? I'm going to say six. Matt? Twelve. Six. Drew nailed it. Got him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. How, I'm sorry. How old is he? It was eight. He's missed eight games in eight years. He's only 30. And he has Philip Rivers, who is just – Noodle arm. On the, on the flip side of Breeze, I don't think Rivers is very good anymore, but he no. still loves to freaking sling the ball. So, I the, still to think – To the opponent. <laughs> that's fair, but, okay, then, then your argument is that they're probably not going to be very good and he's going to play from behind and continue to sling it to a guy downfield, and Hilton's the deep threat. Like, they have a couple young guys that look promising and Paris Campbell and – uh Michael Pittman, bro. Who? Michael Pittman. Uh, do we lose trip? I think we might have. Uh-oh. <laughs> so just – Oh, uh, first bad. No, I'm good? sorry. You got me? Ah, uh, cool, cool. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, no, just going off that trade, though, it was um, – I honestly think, like, after a couple of days, I honestly think it was a perfect trade because it wasn't – the first round pick for next year. It's actually the first round pick for the year after that. And then on top of that, Tripp gets an above average to stud wide receiver. And then I wasn't feeling too good with the the first trade. I think he wanted to give me, a, uh, what was it, a second and third? Yeah, something like that. But yeah. in, in addition, the last thing I was going to say was, I mean, it's not like I traded for Hilton to be my number one. I have Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, Will Fuller, Julian Edelman. Like – Arguably, he could be my fifth best wide receiver. Fine. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing. Like, I just wanted something a little bit more because I thought, do I think Ty is good for a first? I think in a in like a fantasy setting, I guess. Even with maybe not for next year, but like the year after that, it's kind of a toss up anyway. Because I don't really follow college too too much, which I need to start doing. But um, 
that gives me time to kind of figure things out. But uh, I thought it was a fair trade across the board. It's, it's a matter of situation too. Like if you made that trade with Matt, it probably wouldn't make a ton of sense. No. But for me that I just wanted one more wide receiver for bye weeks. Again, I don't need to start Hilton at all. And then my team probably, I very much could still win without him, but it gave me a little extra insurance because we do have a three wide receiver, two flex spot. So, I mean, having that extra – like, if he's my fifth best wide receiver, he is still way better than any other person's fourth best wide receiver in the league. And I would yeah. guarantee that. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's run to our next league real quick, and then after that, I think we're good to go. We've been talking for a little bit, and I appreciate your time. Um, I was going to say, do you really since, – since we don't really have too much time left, do you just want to maybe talk about a few of the games because – yeah. Uh, especially if we're not going to be the same people on every week, people may not care as much about all of our fantasy leagues. So, I mean, it's up to you, but do you want to talk about any games that maybe you're excited to watch this week? Yeah, let's do that. Um, how about, let's start with you, Trip. He, well, besides uh, Eagles Rams, obviously, who else yeah. are you looking forward to? Well, I do, I do think one fun fact is how many, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are nine one o'clock games this week. There is only one game that is a 1-0 versus 1-0, and it would probably be the last matchup you would assume. It is the Jaguars and Titans. Wow. <laughs> I just – I think that is well, the yeah. funniest stat. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I would say a couple of the games, at least um, from the Sunday games that I'm excited for, um, Falcons-Cowboys will be interesting. Uh, Falcons lost last week. Um, who did they – the Falcons lost to the Seahawks, uh, 38-25. But yeah. Falcons-Cowboys will be interesting because the Cowboys lost to the Rams and did not look good when they had all the hype. And the Falcons are that team. When was the last – like, the Falcons are the most frustrating team. Again, maybe this is just from a gambling standpoint. But I think on offense, they have something ridiculous. Like, nine of their 11 starters are first-round picks. And, like yeah. – you just look at their wide receivers like Julio and uh, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. They All three of them had 100 yards last week. M Matt Ryan threw for 450 yards, and they lost. Yeah, like, yeah that's insane. They are the most frustrating, like, stud offense teams every year that either underperform – like, they never get both sides working. Like, when their offense shows up, their defense is embarrassing, and Ryan throws, like, an ill-timed pick. And then on the – or their offense is cooking, and they just – their defense sucks. Like, and they're just so frustrating. And I hate the Cowboys, and with all their hype, that'll be an interesting game because one of those teams is going to start 0-2, and either one, it's going to be a big surprise. Um Bucks Panthers, I think, is a little exciting because that's a little easier opponent for the Bucks. They got it pretty rough with the Saints week one, and I think people are already overreacting from the Bucks, and I think they're going to stomp the Panthers. Um, but the game I'm probably most excited for would be Broncos Steelers um, because I love Drew Locke. Um, and I think Cortland Sutton is maybe going to come back. I would have to double check that, but I think with him and Hamler. Um, and I mean, Melvin Gordon and Lindsley, like they, they're another one that just, they have a bunch of offensive weapons, but just didn't look all that great last week. Um, it'll be interesting to see, um, them against the Steelers who looked a little vulnerable against the Giants at times, but their defense is terrifying. So it, um, and it'll be interesting to see how Ben Roethlisberger, uh, continues to play. Cause if, if big Ben stays healthy this year, the Steelers quite argu arguably could have the best defense in the league. Um, 
they could make noise in the AFC, which is tough with the Ravens and Chiefs. But uh, I, I'm I'm really excited for Broncos and Steelers is going to be a great game. Uh, the four o'clock games, I don't really think give you all that much. Ravens and Texans is probably going to be. I probably won't even watch red zone. I'll probably just watch Ravens Texans because the other four o'clock games are the Cardinals and uh, Redskins. I'm going to continue to say Redskins um, and Chiefs Chargers. I think the Chiefs are going to kill them. I think the Cardinals are going to kill the Redskins. They got lucky because the Eagles offensive line is a fucking joke. Um, so they looked like they were world beaters, but Dwayne Haskins freaking coming from an Ohio state fan, Dwayne Haskins sucks and should not be a starting quarterback. So I think the Redskins are going to just get blown out by the Cardinals. So Ravens-Texans is exciting. Um, and then the night game is Patriots-Seahawks. That is going to – I'm glad that's the night game because that will be the most fun game to watch because I was a little disappointed I didn't get to watch uh, since they played the same times as the Eagles last week. I didn't really get to see how Cam looked in the offense. I don't know if either of you watched much of that. Um but, I mean, it seems like he was a great fit, and I follow a lot of Boston sports fans on social media, just being a diehard Red Sox fan. Um, there's a lot of crossover there. So everyone was super amped up about um, how Cam looked. So I, I'm, I'm excited that I actually get to watch that full game because the Seahawks are going to be really good this year. Um, so, yeah, th- there's a lot of good games. I'm freaking excited. I'm going to do absolutely nothing Sunday. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll take I'll take it next. Um, I'll start with that Seahawks Patriots game and what you were talking about. Trip. Uh, I did watch. I watched a lot of the highlights. I didn't watch the game, but I watched. I watched a lot of the highlights. The only issue I have with Cam is his offense is very Cam dependent. If that makes sense, it was he. I think he scored both touchdowns. They might have had one more, um, but it's it's. It's pretty much around him. I, Edelman didn't really have, like, a lot of his stats weren't that high. Um, I don't think any other receivers really had high stats. So I think it was more of a run-dependent kind of game. Um, but the thing with that is Bill Belichick, he's a master of using the weapons that he has. So if he can keep Cam healthy, then, then I think they'll be, they'll be pretty solid. But that, that's a game that was on my list to watch. I agree with you. I think the Seahawks are a contender um, in the NFC. Um, I think – I think they're actually going to take that game. They're at home, too. So I think they're going to beat the Patriots. Um, the other game that I was looking forward to as well, there's three games. The second one that I'm looking forward to is I love watching the Ravens play. Lamar Jackson's awesome. He's so much fun to watch. And I'm a big Deshaun Watson guy, too, so I think that game's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, David Johnson looked like he went back two years in the first game. He looked faster than he did the year prior. So I think that game's going to be fun. I think the Ravens are going to blow them out, though. Uh, their offense is incredible, and uh, their defense is solid, too. So I think, I think they'll win that game. And then the last game, I'm going to play um, – I'm going to try and predict the future. I think the Browns are going to beat the Bengals 35-30. to 30. That's my last <laughs> you say that one more time? The Browns are going to beat the Bengals 35-30. And I, wow. That's yeah, Burroughs is going to throw for three, t- three touchdowns and over 300 yards. Ooh, okay. Speaking of that. It's almost like they played yesterday. (laughs) So anyone who happens to be like me and lives in Pennsylvania, um, Barstool Sports, which I follow um, quite quite intently, just released their sports book. So if you are betting in Pennsylvania, most people use FanDuel or DraftKings to um, not just do fantasy, but to bet outright. Barstool just released their sports book today. Um, 
and I had early access because I signed up for it a month ago. Um, anyone that signs up gets a free $500 bet. I actually bet $500 on the Bengals to cover six points last night. And that last garbage touchdown by Burrow that meant nothing in the game actually won me $480. So okay. anyone – and currently Barstool, uh, the sports book is only released in Pennsylvania. So anyone who happens to listen to this, if you live in Pennsylvania – download the Barstool Sportsbook, you get a free $500 bet. That's pretty sweet. And I, congratulations, yeah. Trip. I see you. Thanks, Thanks pal. <laughs> so, Drew, so, Drew, you definitely got to get this out by tomorrow then. Yeah, you're putting pressure on me. Yep. I'll, I'll get it done. Somehow I'll get it done. Even if it's raw at it, we're doing it. Yeah, um, you got picks. <laughs> what's that? I said you got picks? Uh, for first Anything you're excited just, for? Just with uh, – I'm just excited to watch them. Uh, I, it was so funny, too, because uh, I tell a story to a couple of people. But, like, I wasn't even a huge football fan until Matt got me into fantasy football. And then once I started doing fantasy football, now I just love watching the games. Uh, it just makes it so much more interesting um, with fantasy football. I feel like without fantasy football, I wouldn't be as much of a fan. But, um, yeah, I just enjoy it. I just enjoy my Sundays. I look forward to it every year, and uh, I'm just excited to, to to play it out. But the next time I have you guys on, we should do a um, we should uh, make some bets on the games though as well. See who who comes out on top with the best picks. So, but it was a pleasure uh, having you guys on. I love you guys. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say before we head on out, uh, Matt? Yeah. So before we leave, real quick. Early, early predictions of who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Drew, you go first. For me? Uh, you're going to laugh because I'm probably going to say two people from the same division um, <laughs> or a conference or whatever it is. Uh, um, if I had to pick early, early, I'm going to say, well, is Ravens in the NFC? AFC. AFC and then the Chiefs are in the AFC as well too, right? Ravens, yeah, Ravens, Chiefs, Ravens, Chiefs, Steelers are kind of the top three picks in the AFC. Yeah, right now. so it's gonna be it's gonna be Ravens, Chiefs in the um, in their finals to get to the Super Bowl, and I think Chiefs beat them to go back to the Super Bowl, and then I think in the NFC, uh, it'd probably be the the Seahawks are in the NFC, right? Yeah, I mean that's kind of the chalk pick. That's kind of the I mean, that's kind of it's, – it's hard to bet against that right now. Like, the yeah. AFC, you can't really say anyone other than the Chiefs and Ravens. Like, you'd really be going out on a limb. In the NFC, it's kind of yeah. like the Seahawks are kind of – it's like the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Saints. Like, and with how Breeze played, it's kind of hard to pick the Saints right now, although they probably have the best team. But I, I, I don't really believe in Breeze taking them the whole way there. I mean, the Packers looked great week one. It'll be interesting, interesting to see – how they play against the Lions, but that's still not even the greatest matchup. I want to see them start to play, play some really good teams here. But, I mean, the NFC is just kind of a shit show right now. Like, there's not really any runaway teams. The AFC is – I mean, it's, it's the Chiefs-Ravens. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be Chiefs, Seahawks, Chiefs win again. And then I'll go on to say that Patty Mahomes is going to be the best QB ever once his career is over. I agree with your last statement. Um, I'm going to pick – I got Ravens and Seahawks. It's going to be a bird a bird uh, Super Bowl. 
And I don't know who's going to win. I don't want to go that far yet. But I got – I think the Ravens – hold on, who did I say? You said Ravens, You said Ravens, Seahawks. Okay, yeah. For some reason, I thought I said Chiefs. Yeah, so I got um, – I think the Ravens are going to beat the Chiefs this year just because it's hard to go back-to-back. It's very hard to go back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, so I think the Ravens – I think Lamar Jackson's finally going to figure out the playoffs. I think he's just going to slow down the game. And I think they're going to squeak it out over the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. And then I got the Seahawks over – I'm going to say the Saints. I'm going to say uh, – because I agree with Tripp. I think the Saints are – one of the most solid teams, but I don't think Breeze has enough to get by the Seahawks. So I think it's going to be Seahawks, Ravens, not picking a Super Bowl winner yet, though. Yeah, it's kind of lame answers right now, but that's, I mean, it's its just hard to pick anyone else. Like, I, I do, I have the Ravens over the Chiefs, too. I kind of think Ravens, Seahawks, which is boring answers. I would maybe go out on a limb and say Ravens Packers and the Ravens winning, but I, I really like the Ravens right now. Their offense looks freaking awesome. I love J.K. Dobbins. Again, Ohio State fan. I think Ingram becomes second fiddle by the end of the year because Dobbins is so freaking good. I love mm-hmm. watching Dobbins play. And the, the Seahawks are good, I, and we'll see with the Packers. I just don't really know what to make of the Packers yet because they were kind of middle of the pack last year like they they had a good record but they lost weird games I think if Rodgers stays as good as he looked in week one I mean they can they can make some noise so I, I would say maybe Packers Packers Ravens but I mean we just gave some boring answers but that that's probably what everyone's, <laughs> that's that's probably what everyone's looking at right now if you say anything other than that you're just trying to um trying to be different but yeah. um my no, last no. question is since, I mean, we don't need to talk about it, but real quick, do you have a pick for um, – I know you guys are both hockey fans. I don't know how much you've been watching the bubble since they restarted. Game one tomorrow night, Stars Lightning. I got Dallas. For some reason, I like, too, I, I just think – Yeah, I think they're like a blue-collar, just get it done. But uh, to be fair, I think Tampa put every they, – they built their team around a Stanley Cup team there. Like, they got a lot of grit. Uh, this year, which I think they need it because during they were such a great regular season team, but during the playoffs they just got pushed around. So I think Tampa got all the right pieces, but uh, I got Dallas still. I love Dallas. Yeah, what my best friend up here um, comes like he is. He's a weird guy. He's a big diehard Titans and Stars fan. Those are the only two teams he loves. And I've been watching every single <laughs> Stars fan, and they just look freaking awesome. And the Lightning, they choke every year. I mean, they're built for the regular season. They've, they, got, they got a little break because they got like a little, a little mid-end-of-season uh, break with COVID and everything. But um, I think the Stars are going to pull it out. I don't know about the game tomorrow night. Stars are opening up at plus 140, so I bet on the Stars. But I'm going to bet them on the series too because I think that – I think they're going to beat the Lightning. I'm going, I'm going opposite of you guys. I think the Lightning finally get it done. I agree with Drew. I think that um, them adding size and then something not to be overlooked is Kucherov was just disappeared last year in the playoffs. He looked really good this year. So I think that's uh, something that's going to help them out too. He's looked amazing. Yeah, really good. Jamie, Jamie Ben for the Stars is the best captain in the league. Though. I do like him. I think as a captain, though, so it's, it's hard to – I'm not saying talent-wise. I'm saying as the captain, he's the best captain in the league. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. But um, besides that, you guys, any, you have anything else to add? 
that, that was my final thought. All right. Well, guys, it was an absolute pleasure. I hope to do this again soon. Uh, it was great catching up with you guys first and foremost, but uh, it's fun to do some of this stuff as well, too. So uh, take care, guys. Yeah, buddy. Love you. Appreciate it. Yeah. First episode. Great first episode. Glad you asked me to be on. I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> Always, man. All right. Take care, guys. See ya. All right. See you guys. All right, guys. That is, wraps up episode one of the new podcast, Drew and the Crew. Uh, super exciting. It was a lot of fun. I uh, just want a big, big shout out again to uh, Tyler Triple and Matt Vaco for coming on the podcast. Uh, it was good catching up with them. Uh, we discussed the future of football um, of the 2020 season. We got into week two, um, some of our fantasy teams and how crappy or how great they are. Um, we also talked about the uh, Tyron Woodley, Colby Covington, UFC fight card that's coming on tomorrow. And then uh, we also talked about dodgeball, of course. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast, please give it a like. Um, coming out with a page shortly. Uh, this was kind of a a quick last minute podcast to get things rolling. So uh, I'm a little behind, but we'll get things going. If you liked it, uh, there's going to be more to come. So thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you guys soon.